Welcome to another championship edition of Talking Tigs. Uh, that makes, what, two this year? I think three, at least three, maybe four in our last four years. Uh, what a game by LSU baseball, winning out the College World Series yesterday in very convincing fashion, uh, kind of paying one back to Florida <laughs> uh, for what they did to us in game two. But the Tigers take home the crown. We took over Omaha. That is not in doubt. And now the uh, the title's coming back to Baton Rouge, seventh time in history, only number two behind USC. Got a lot to get into, uh, but first want to check in with the co-host. I'm Scott Gerard. Joining me as always, Tommy Johnson, Daniel Zollinger. Guys, uh, I don't even know what to say. So I just want to, I'm, 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 I guess you guys are probably in a good mood based off of that blowout last night and Tigers winning the crown. But, you know, I want to hear it from you personally. How goes it? Yeah. Hey, great to be with you. Great to be on another championship edition. The second one in 2023. Uh, I mean, exciting. This is, this is what we talked about. Um, at the beginning of the season, we, we talked about this being a possibility uh and man this team delivered um <laughs> really incredible to watch and just incredible to to to, go, to think about where they came from and i mean it's it, well, it's not really it's not really an underdog story we were preseason number ones we have the most talented team in the country the best two players who will go number one and number two overall um but they did battle through adversity they uh you know struggled at times uh, couldn't you know couldn't get in a groove and beat pretty much you know they, they and had to face and had to beat every team that challenged them as far as best team in the country you know every every team that i don't think there was a you know they didn't luck out and have wake get beat by oral roberts on a fluke and then ha- and then okay then we gotta you know, we got to cruise in like we had to go through the, the best teams in the country um and we were able to accomplish it yeah super excited to be here with y'all obviously it feels great coming off the giant win last night third lsu national championship since we've been a podcast uh, improved that podcast per championship ratio uh and first in baseball in quite a long time it's since 2009 14 years in the books and kind of the end of a baseball generation here with the really the best cherry on top you could put uh, for all the great players on our team. And yeah, so happy for them. It's uh, was, was well fought last time we, we came to y'all, we were staring down our first elimination or second elimination game, but first one against wake forest. And we didn't really know how the pitching situation was going to go. We may have been, we consider we may have been out the very next day, uh, but instead they played five more games and here we are standing on top. And we, we had talked about how the winner of LSU versus Wake Forest was going to win the national championship. And that ended up being true. But I think the, the best three teams in the country were the final three standing and LSU beat them all. So uh, undisputed Kings and we'll wear that crown until next year. Yes, we will. And we're going to wear it well beyond that because um, LSU just kind of, you know, further cements itself as uh, one of the preeminent, if not the preeminent college baseball program, at least this year, uh, next year, we'll see, you know, we're going to miss some, some good players that got us there, but man did a lot of like pretty much everyone at some point contributed to this title, right? Mm-hmm. There was, 
There was guys that we got in from the transfer portal. You know who they are. They're gonna. They're, one of them is gonna be probably one of the top one or two picks in the draft, like you mentioned. Uh, then we also got Tommy Tanks. You know, we had Riley Cooper follow Jay Johnson from Arizona. Like all those guys have been contributing, as well as Braden Jobert, who transferred in. But it's also the guys that have been with LSU even before Jay Johnson, right there. You know, like the Cade Belosos, Jordan Thompsons, just guys like that. And some definitely contributed, were able to contribute more, but um, just everyone had something to say. Everyone did their part, like I said, at some point. Like you said, our, our pitching was a concern, but guys, if you look at uh, not only the postseason, let's, let's just put the SEC tournament aside, right? Kind of like that, <laughs> kind of like that second game against Florida. Let's just scrap it and throw it away because it's, it's not us. Kind of like the SEC tournament, we, you know, we probably could have won that, but I don't know. They they were able to refocus after that, and we just went on a tear, taking out three SEC teams. That's six wins against SEC teams in the process, and the SEC was just all over the postseason. So uh, I'd say, yeah, we we weren't number one throughout from wire to wire, but as we all know, we don't necessarily want to be. There's this number one curse. Yeah. Wake Forest, you could say it was Wake Forest this year, uh, but we beat them, and that was a, a, a really good series. Came down to the last game, the last out in the you know the 11th inning. And throughout all that, our pitching has kind of been a surprise. It kind of takes a backseat to the the late inning heroics with home runs and and uh, you know just getting runs here and there. But uh, all of our starters did what we thought they would do, but our bullpen kept us in games. Uh, it, you know, may, maybe not had been quite as consistent like Ackenhausen started that second game against Florida and, you know, the game against Wake, he was lights out. So, but that doesn't matter because everyone else was able to step up. I, I don't even, I don't even know what to say about um, our, our pitching staff because they, you know, again, if you just throw away the Florida game uh, again, I, I think I said this, uh, before we hit the postseason, but I felt like LSU could take anyone at least two out of three games in any series, and we ended up doing that. You know, they could, they might get to us one game, but they they can't take us out for all three. What what, what can you say about the pitching, man? I mean, the the pitching the pitching throughout the entire postseason was just phenomenal, and and a huge a huge you could see everyone stepped up. Like it was a revelation. I know. Yeah. I don't know who uh, Thatcher Hurd is. I don't know who Ackenhausen is, um, but we, I guess we traded for him at the deadline and picked him up uh, right before the postseason started, because I don't think they were on this team <laughs> in April, <laughs> but right. uh, I mean, in Ty Floyd as well, Ty Floyd was easily, you know, throughout this entire season, you know, we could pull the tape and we could say that, Every one of us on this podcast had had agreed the key to LSU having success was pitching. The key to LSU having success was consistent pitching past schemes, both from the bullpen and from your number two, number three guy. Uh, throughout the entire season, we did not have that. We didn't have it in the SEC championship. We didn't have it in SEC play. At some points, we didn't have it during the midweek games that we should have won. Um, but the I think the... the uh, the proof was in the pudding. We had it. Um, I'm, you know, I think what is even more encouraging, and maybe I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but a lot of these guys, I believe, will be back next year. 
a lot of these pitchers, at least the pit, you know, the Ackenhouses, the Floyds, the thir- the herds, um, that like the, the the confidence builder, and then Didry as well. You can't mention, can't can't not mention him. The confidence builders that we've had off of the pitching performance because we knew the hitting was there. We had the best, we had the best offense in the country the whole year, and nothing, nobody could take that away from us. But the fact was, we just couldn't, we couldn't deliver, we couldn't uh, on the mound. But I mean, we totally did at Omaha. Right. I wanted to go back to your point earlier, Scott, about just everybody contributing. I mean, we we knew that Skeens was going to throw a hundred and he's going to go eight innings and shut him down, which he did. We knew Dylan Cruz, Tommy White, Trey Morgan, they're going to get their wraps in. They're going to get on base and score runs. And they did. But this team was not without question marks, especially down in the lineup at points you had near automatic outs and in the bullpen is basically a roll of the dice. Whenever you put somebody in there uh, is, are they going to get a strikeout or are they going to give up a three run bomb? And thankfully it was a lot more of the former uh, in Omaha and guys like, I mean, Josh Pearson had home runs. Alex Malazzo stepped in when Hayden Travinsky went down with the injury. He was getting hits and, and poor Alex Malazzo breaking his shin in the, in the final Oof. game. That was a tough one to watch. Uh, but he, he gave it literally everything he had scoring a run. Uh, and then on the pitching, like you said, uh, between Floyd with a record 17 K's Thatcher heard who was a walk machine at the beginning of the year, locking it down both in relief to Skeens in the 11 inning game. And then starting the last game against Florida gave up a, a shaky single and then a home run to lead off the game after that hitless. And for six innings. So you really can't ask for much more about these guys from these guys. Riley Cooper, who had been very much on and off, was on the whole time, uh, plug and play in clutch situations when we needed we needed an out, and he came in and delivered. Yeah. And yeah, guys who kind of flew under the radar a little bit this year, like Beloso and Dugas, kind of in the middle of the lineup both with huge, huge World Series. Beloso obviously winning the 11 inning game against uh, or no, no, that was Tommy White. Beloso won the first game against Wake Forest with his three-run yeah. home run, and then he had another big one in the first game against Florida. Uh, and so, yeah, everybody can give themselves a pat on the back, and it, it makes you happy as a fan to watch the performance from all your favorite players. And, and can we just talk about, can we just like, Beloso, the story of him, I mean, this is the guy who was out all last season due to an injury from celebrating. And now, you know, he's the hero of Omaha. Daniel, I think you texted, you know, last night, and I think you got a great argument. The MVP of this, of this, uh, of this run for us, especially in the past, uh, the past, you know, four games. Um, just, a, just a great performance for him, and a, and a great send off for a guy yeah. who's been with LSU for five years. Yeah, and as we know, they, it, non surprisingly, they gave the actual MVP to Paul Skeens. He you know, he pitched those two games, had a great, great outings. He was, looked like he was going to come in in the, the, this last game against Florida in parentheses, if necessary. Uh, but it turned out not to be necessary because the Tigers just came alive offensively and, uh, you know, just put on to Florida what they did on the game before. And I think for me, this, not just this last series, but, you know, just the whole postseason in general was just it was just a game or it was just it was all inverse proportions for me right like we we came out of the sec tournament 
We won the regional. We won uh, two against Kentucky, one against really, really can get convincing fashion. You know, whereas before, you know, Tennessee had taken us out. We took them out in this tournament. Now we're up against number one, Wake. And that first game that they beat us, like we, you know, they won three to two. They shut us down. The next two games, we shut them down and we had just enough offense, literally just enough. But I mean, the, the home run with uh, Tommy, Tommy Tanks in the 11th was the decider on that one. And then you look at Florida, who the last two times both of us played in a College World Series final was in 2017. And they took two games from us straight. Uh, back then, you know, it was, I don't know, it was LSU was a very good team. They were a number four seed that year. Uh, but I didn't, you know, I, I, I was unsure of our chances because of the same issue we've, you know, had over ever since then was just, we had one really good starter, but you know, that was about it as far as our, our bullpen and our other starters, but not this time around because other guys did step up. Yeah. We had Paul Skeens, but he didn't even pitch in the finals, you know, and then Florida just took it to us in game two. Um, but I think that game. I don't know. I still feel like that game almost could have gone the other way if LSU took advantage of the opportunities earlier on. You know, that's something that had plagued us earlier in the season is getting the bases loaded early on and then just not capitalizing. Or maybe we get one run. But the second game against Florida, the first three innings, bases loaded each time. We, you know, we kind of walked away with minimal uh, uh, taking advantage of it. Florida, on the other hand, just went, you know, they boat raced us. So that's why it was easy to just toss that game. But for this game three, we took advantage. It started in the first inning, you know, like they hit the first batter. I was like, I know this guy, Caglione, is susceptible to getting lit up. But, yeah. I mean, he hit our first batter, and it was kind of just downhill from there. And everyone that Florida brought in did not stop the bleeding. And the Tigers just unloaded. So – uh, everything kind of came to fruition, I think, and everything that Jay Johnson, you know, the, the whole taking a photo after each win earlier on, I'm like, yeah, that'll be cool if we win it all. Well, yeah, now it looks, now it's now it's really Jay cool. Johnson looks like a genius. Yeah. You know? So yeah. I just think like the tables turned for the Tigers and we won. And I think another, you know, another important point, and this is something we talked about throughout uh, the, the season. And it's something that's been reported on a lot by, you know, more top the you know legacy news type organizations you know jay johnson has, has really brought a pro style uh a, a pro style management to this to this team and uh I, I mean i think that was something that i talked about after the sec championship where you know there were some questionable decisions about pitching and, and about um you know player player utilization we sat we sat some people i, I don't remember exactly i just remember thinking like you know, we had a chance. I forget. I forget. It was the way we started some of our pitchers towards the end of that. It was our well. well we had Skeens throwing day one against Tulane was like a big one. That's like we we should have done th- heard because then we like it ended up being okay because we beat Oregon State. It was like we needed Skeens for game two, but yeah. Well, I, no, I'm talking about the SEC championship. Oh right, in, in the, or the SEC tournament. Um, there was something, but it was a similar thing exactly, Daniel. And yeah, there was there was a lot of talk about the the decision making and I, I remember at the end and maybe this was a little bit of cope on my part but i remember saying look like i don't think i think we've got bigger plans ahead of us i think jay johnson is not concerned about winning an sc tournament i think he wants the big he wants the big ring he wants the big championship um 
And I think you can see that in some of the decision making, especially in game two, where, I mean, I'll be honest, we gave up. After about the fourth inning, fifth inning, it was over. And we knew it. They knew it. it we were just trying to get through, you know, just, hey, let's go see. We'll see you tomorrow. Um, I, I turned my TV off. I think it was 12 to three. I was like, I've seen enough. Yeah, well, I mean, you weren't the only one. And, and and our team turned off. And and normally, and I think that in a in a college environment, in a um, in a non-professional environment, that's a that's a negative. You know what I mean? That's like a you don't that's not something you're taught, especially like, you know, at the high school level. And and you got to think like most a lot of these guys are not far removed from high school. Um you're not, you know, it's like the whole, the whole thing of like, oh, we, we, ne- you're never out of it until the final out. We are going to, we're going to throw everything at, we've got at you until, until the last, you know, guy. And we saw the complete opposite from Jay Johnson. We, to be honest, we, we put our objectively our worst pitchers in, in relief. Um, you know, we, we took out some of our uh, some of our point like we we did we did not do anything last ditch efforts to try and save that game and, and and snatch a victory and i thought that was an important important decision because one obviously it freed us up for for what happened last night um but two i think it's also it shows that the the kind of pro style that he's managing his team in um because that is something you would see in pro baseball where because because they're they're professionals and they're like and it's not there's there's it's more of a business and less of a for the pride of the game kind of thing mm-hmm. um they're okay with it it's like yeah we got waxed we're going on to the next one and we're gonna and we've saved everything for for you tomorrow right basically 99 percent of the buttons that jay johnson pushed over the course of the world series worked in terms of pitching like who's starting how long are we letting these guys run for who's coming in relief there was a couple of hiccups here and there like javen coleman got knocked around a little bit when he started and i think there might have been a blake money like where he came in for like three pitches or something and that didn't go too well gidry gidry with a with a big uh two run homer um and for like a couple pitches that he was taken out Right. But, but on the whole things worked out very well. Uh, The strategy, like you said, was very solid. Um, All the offensive side as well. Like he made a number of batting line or batting order adjustments. Like we just saw yesterday with Beloso leading off, which he hadn't done all year and you save it for the very last game. And he had been one of our hottest bats and he delivered, he got plunked on the very first pitch of the game, I think. And he was on and we were away. Uh, I don't think he scored, but it still works. And it allowed Dylan Cruz and Tommy white to each rake like four, hits a piece and score just more and more runs yeah uh and then the defensive adjustments as well um swapping between travinsky and malazzo when we needed to when we needed malazzo's glove he he played uh very well there so you really got to give jay johnson his flowers uh becoming the first coach to win a national championship in his first two years with a program and scott woodward is like crying tears of joy at this point considering that two of the coaches he hired two years ago have already won a national championship. And the third had a really successful first season and poised for, title game. for another one. So <laughs> yeah. really he's three for four at this point, the only downside being Matt McMahon, but that's another story, but the other three more than make up for it. And Jay Johnson, he, uh, I assume is due for a big 
uh, he probably got some sort of big bonus for winning this national championship, but he deserved it. And even somebody who we kind of ragged on a little bit, Wes Johnson, the pitching coach earlier in the year, he found a way to get to his guys, get into their head, find their best pitches, and they delivered uh, when they needed to as well. So he'll be leaving the team to take the head coaching position at Georgia, I think. Yep. But he uh, gave it his all while he was still there. Yeah. And go ahead, Tony. Well, I was just going to say, and, you know, I think that to, to kind of just uh, highlight the importance of some of those buttons, Daniel, that you mentioned, like the decisions, like, I don't know if Maneri makes some of those decisions in the same, you know what I mean? Like, and that's not a knock on Maneri, but Maneri was a much more conventional, uh, conventional coach. And like, I don't think Maneri, and this is, this sounds bad, like, I think, but but it's important. I think it's important to to realize. I don't think Maneri gives up in game two, fully. Like fully commits to we're done. Like yeah. Well, once over. you're put once you're putting Christian Little in the game, it's it's all over. Like it's over. Like I, I don't think Maneri does that. I think I think Maneri like keeps you know keeps the pressure on, and maybe you can't really like say because it's because it was like oh well what if we did this what if we did that but maybe that maybe that makes us a little bit weaker for game three. Yeah. Well, I, I, I was going to ask you guys this because for game two against Florida, let's see after that grand slam, they were up uh, seven to three. And I think maybe they got one more run. So they're up eight to three. And I thought, Oh my goodness, this is a big hole, but not out of the realm of possibility, but then they kept going and it was. So yeah, at some point Jay Johnson had to cut his losses and just think of game three. Cause yeah, you just throw up a so there's nothing to work on after that. But with the Tigers, uh, you know, with the last game, they were up six to two. And I was thinking, this isn't enough. This is this is not enough runs. Mm-hmm. Florida can come back in one inning. We saw we saw what they did yesterday. This is nowhere yeah. near enough. I didn't feel comfortable until it was eleven to two. I agree. <laughs> um I think that. Now I will say I think that um, the way that the momentum of that game and the way that Thatcher was pitching gave me a little bit more confidence. But you're right, like the six to two score um, did not. I was not like, oh, book it. Now I mean, when it got like you said, when it got to eleven to two, twelve to two, fifteen to two. I mean, if you're fifteen to three, I think um, that's when you started to loosen up a little bit. But. Uh, it, and I I hate to say it. I mean, uh, you know, you don't want to say it. Did this did this team did this win feel like 2019 baseball? I mean, 2019 football to y'all. This I mean, it felt like. And I I remember I, I've been thinking about I was thinking about this all week or for the past two weeks, and I, I just couldn't say it out loud because I felt like I was going to jinx something. But when they got to Omaha and they started and they really started playing and they started putting the putting the screws on, felt like a team of destiny. Tod. You just kind of know they're going to figure out a way to win. They would not be denied. I mean, with that guy, with Skeens on the mound, or and then with the way that Floyd was started pitching, with the way that Thatcher Hurd started pitching, I mean, these guys pitching out of their minds, it was just, to me, I was just like, they they can't lose. Like, they're just, I don't see how they can. Um, Now, of course, game two was was a huge shock. for. I mean, it was a huge shock for me, at least. I'm like, I, I don't know where that came from. But, um, I mean, they, they really, it, it was, uh, it was incredible to watch. Mm-hmm. I, I was in full acceptance stage of grief 
yesterday after uh, Wyatt Langford hit the big two-run home run in the first inning to go up two to zero. And after we had lost the game twenty-four to four, and Florida jumps out like that immediately, I was like, "It's all over. We'll see you next year." It was kind of fun while it lasted, but then Thatcher heard he regained his composure. Like I said, those were the only two hits he gave up all day, and then the the bats came alive. Like we said, we needed them to, and our our biggest hitters played when. The, like when the lights were shining the brightest you, you mentioned game sounded like football uh one game to me that was a very echoing of football was the the second game against wake forest paul Skeens versus rent louder pitching duel zero to zero till the 11th inning that was to me was the nine to six game against bama in 2011 oh, kicking yeah. field goals just the defensive battle where to everybody else like watching it was like what's going on here like we need some some runs but to lsu and and people who really kind of know what they're watching like this is something special it, it was that was so special and mm-hmm. that was probably the game of the year even though it wasn't even in the championship <laughs> Yeah, and you'll look back, or you'll look in a few years, you'll look back at that game, at all the players that played in that game slash series that are going to be on pro teams, and it's going to be crazy, kind of like that 2011-9-6 game. Uh, But to go back to your uh, question about 2019, I mean, looking back on the season from now, yes. At the beginning of the season, I don't know. I think LSU, you know, we were preseason number one. We were number one all the way through the season. I don't know that... I don't remember if 2019 had those expectations outside of the, you know, the actual football ops building. Cause we didn't start the season number one. Right. So yeah. I think we, we just earned it as we went on. And then I think, you know, after that Texas game, that's when we started thinking, I think we have something here. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, so if we're, I mean, in, in some ways it's almost a reverse where yeah. we started at we started at the top and then kind of faded down and we're like oh man i don't think man we're not gonna be able to do it mm-hmm. and then at the end really peak yeah but uh and daniel you're so right that paul schemes that game his his last start and out absolutely I, that's the i to be honest i think that's the best baseball game i've ever watched in my life like trey morgan with an insane defensive play to save our to tournament save the entire season Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, I remember it, when we when we first started watching Trey Morgan when he first came, and and I think I think that that uh, freshman season he might have been better than Dylan Cruz. I mean, his freshman season was a was a stellar season, both defensively and and at the at the plate. Um, but he, the thing I noticed from the beginning, and and it was evident in that that you know incredible play he made, he plays first base like a shortstop. If he was, if he was a, uh, if he was, if he wasn't left-handed, he, I'm sorry, Jordan Thompson, you wouldn't be playing shortstop for LSU. Like that's how athletic, how coordinated, how good he is in the field uh, and how good he is defensively. And I mean, that play, that, that one should live on forever. Like that one should mm-hmm. be as iconic as any, as any LSU, you know, play as iconic as, you know, the big home runs and, and the, the final outs and all of that. They should play that one. Um, so, so if there was a bronze statue, another LSU bronze statue, they would yes. put outside Charles Schwab Field, aka the Chuck. Yeah. Would it be would it be Trey Morgan <laughs> on his knees, like throwing the ball to home plate? Which Why was not? A, yeah, exactly. And well, speaking, as a as a uh, Scott, you know, like you're in Atlanta as a Braves fan, you think about uh, it. Reminded me, to be honest, now it's kind of the opposite, but it reminded me of uh, the Sid Bream slide. 
yeah how iconic that is and that I mean, they made that into a statue i've got a bottle of it <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um and it was funny because that's uh what uh was a few days before that or the day before was uh you know they they permitted us from scoring with like the exact same play the same thing yeah yeah um although i would say i would say our play was our, our play was a little bit better as far as like it was it was harder to as a more harder. difficult play for it to yeah. be completed and, and trey played it perfectly but on that same play malazzo gets the tag down yes. right where it needs to be he didn't have a single hit that game but with the one tag he made up for it all and saved the season so like that's where you swap in Malazzo for Travinsky and he, he makes the play that I don't know if Travinsky does in that spot. So everything right. just seemed the stars just were all aligned there. It was a TOD team of destiny. Yeah. And then you look at some of the, the late, you know, the last game uh, guys like Malazzo were getting hits guys like Jordan Thompson, who was one for 21, I think up until then he got the first RBI single of the game. Like he got the first RBI. Then he got another he was yeah. great defensively, no errors, which is what kind of led to Florida's onslaught in game two. And then you had somebody like Josh Pearson hit a two-run homer just to kind of further pad the lead. So everyone got in on it eventually. It was, like you said, a team of destiny. Uh, I wanted to go back to something you asked. Like, I know, Daniel, you mentioned after game two, you're like, uh-oh. And then after what, what happened in the first inning against that you heard, you're like, uh, there we go. We lost it. I don't know. I would say after game two, with the way we lost, it's like there's this just isn't LSU. Yeah. I, I wasn't for whatever reason, I wasn't nervous about game three because you know what? I know this isn't LSU. I know LSU, if they play the way they did it in game one or against Wake Forest, they're fine. Uh, the the close games are nail biters, but that just wasn't LSU. It just depends what LSU team showed up. Yeah. And the team of destiny showed up and yeah, it was a done deal. No, you're right. Um, I, and I think that's, you know, and I, to be honest, I credit Jay Johnson for that. Like, you know, I think it would be real. I think it'd be real easy to take game two and blow it, blow it out of proportion. And, 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 he was he was clearly able and and I mean it's not it's not something overnight like it, it's something that they've worked that they've you know worked on since really since this time last year, but building that team and building the um, mental toughness to be able to take a licking that that like you've never seen before in the College World Series I think that was the most runs scored ever yeah in any game ever it was the, mm-hmm. the biggest beating any team has ever taken be able to take that and literally just let it roll off and go out there and win a natty the next day. That's, yeah, that's it. Yeah. And then set your program record for hits in, in the process. Yeah. Uh, Cause I think after that, even after we won game one, I, I, I took a screenshot of it because I was like, Oh man, this is, this is going to, I hope this doesn't come back to be a thing because like I said, we got the win, but if you look at the box score, I mean, we had 10 hits we left 16 men on base. Yeah. 16. So obviously we could have blown them out. And obviously there was a lot more left on base for game two, which, you know, I, I don't know if that, like if LSU would have jumped out and got a grand slam and even one of those innings, if we'd have wrapped it up on Sunday, who knows? But I think the fact that the game was early, they just went home and said, "You know what? Let's not even talk about this game. Let's get some sleep." They got good sleep. It was a it was a night game, so they had all day to just forget about it. 
I don't know. I hope they went to the zoo or something there in Omaha so they could forget about it because whatever they did worked. Uh, and it was just a completely different team for game three, who we thought they were in game one of the entire season. Well, in the game three, the championship game, the only thing that was kind of not, I mean, you can't really complain about it because we dominated, but like we were up 10 to two after the fourth inning and it was kind of on cruise control after that point. So it was kind of like in the bag a little bit. And by, basically by like the sixth or seventh inning, you could see the guys were just out there having fun. It was pretty oh, much yeah. all wrapped up with a bow at that point. It, was like it wasn't the practice. one. Yeah, it wasn't going down to the very last out and then the jubilation, like, yes, we did it. Uh, it was more just the, the victory lap. And I mean, every I think every single player had an RBI or something in that game, which is kind yeah. of insane to think about. Yep. But you know, it's just the it was our night and nobody can be stopped. What about what about Tommy Tanks batting like over 700 with crews on base? Throughout the, throughout I saw the that World it's like more than double what his average was with him not on base. Yeah, it's just insane. It's a deadly yeah. duo. It really it's gonna is. be sad not to have that next year. Well, hey, we'll still have we'll still have Mr. Tanks. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, I, we'll still I, I'm not convinced that we're gonna we're gonna see a, a huge drop. I mean, we're gonna see a drop off. We're losing the two best players in the game. But I I think I think this is a very deep team. And I mean, I'm, ex- I'm, I'm still, I, I think we're going to be very, very, very competitive next year. And another thing is that Jay Johnson might pull a Kim Mulkey and he's already done it with Paul Skeens last year, where we just won a national championship. The doors are open, sign on the dotted line. Yeah. Anybody who wants to get rid of your ace or your slugger, come on down to the bayou. <laughs> yeah. He said that as much after winning the series against uh, wake forest. He says, you know, if you're in the portal, why wouldn't you want to play with these guys? Yeah, uh, it was a great opportunity. He probably could have done it again after the championship game. But like he already said it at that point. And um, I, I, I haven't checked the, the wire today, but um, like Wake Forest had two of their good players into the portal already. So, I, you know, I don't you know if they ever join them. Huh? If you can't beat them, join them. Yeah, exactly. So, like, there's a lot of guys. I saw a stat where it was, um, I think, right at the end of the season or up, like, right up until the College World Series, like, 20% of D1 baseball players were were in the portal, which, you know, bodes well for guys that are, you know, looking to replace guys that are graduating or moving on or whatever or just declaring for the draft. But, I mean, that's – I don't know. To me, that kind of points – to a problem, right? If, if like a fifth of all the players are just looking to hop every year, but I mean, it helped LSU. So I think we're going to see some, some sort of additions, right? It's like, like you said, we got Paul Skeens, we got Tommy Tanks. I don't know. I'm curious to see who out there would be the next of those guys. Like who's going to be that next pitcher we get out of the portal, whether it's him or Thatcher Hurd or Tommy Tanks or whoever, you know, no, I mean we're yeah. bound to see we're bound to see somebody. I, I mean, I would imagine we've already gotten we got the guy from South Carolina that uh, that shortstop. shortstop. Yeah, um, and then we picked up the pitcher. Now the pitcher's from Xavier. Yeah, so it's a, not a not a huge like not a big SEC transfer or you know big big time program transfer. But yeah, um, neither was Skeens. I was about to say neither was Skeens. <laughs> you know the crazy thing? Like thinking like. How on earth did the people miss him? Like Air the guys, the guys, out of this world. Like well, watching I mean, him pitch is not 
it, it doesn't look fair. He doesn't even look like he's throwing it that hard. And then it comes in 101. Right. Well, at Air Force, he was the national like two way player of the year. So he wasn't some nobody, but no, but how do you LSU, like how do you get to Air how does he only yeah, go to Air Force? I guess he's just one of those like super late bloomers because even from Air Force to LSU, they were they said it a lot where he put another like eight or nine miles an hour on his fastball. Like at Air Force, he was topping out like 91, 92. And oh. at LSU, he's gone over a hundred like consistently. So I don't know if that's LSU's training staff or just getting physically stronger and, and bigger. I mean, he's a huge dude. Yeah. Uh, but it maybe it was that military training got him up and and running from high school. Yeah. yeah, and he says he still wants to go back and be in the military. So it's like honorable Mr. Skeens. I know. <laughs> yeah, imagine that. He goes to the MLB, earns millions, and then he could retire in his early 30s, still join, go yeah. back, serve what he wants to do, uh, and have all, all those stories and all those trophies on the wall right next to his – well, I don't know if he's going to be a pilot, but, yeah, he, he's going to have all that. That's. I just don't know if he's going to – I don't even know if he could fit in a plane. <laughs> yeah that's probably it like no i'm serious like i think you have to be kind of small to be a pilot right well a fighter pilot yeah probably i'm sure he could fly a you know like those big cargo planes oh yeah you're right he could fly he could fly like one of those but or he could be in the back the guy with the headphones that's him, jump go yeah. go. <laughs> anyway uh yeah just amazing uh i i don't know i mean there's a championship celebration on wednesday at alex box stadium Gosh, I wish I could go to I that. Think I, I think I'm gonna make it. Party. You, you you're gonna go? Well, you gotta. I'm, yeah, I'm gonna try to do. All right. Well, I, I want to hear good things. They're okay. Wait. So, big news from that for that is y'all hear they're gonna um they're gonna unveil the new Intimidator. They've already printed it. What's the what? You know, like the big the big billboard with the tiger that's like screaming. Oh uh, yeah. That has every championship. Oh yes. They've yes. already made a new one. And they're oh. going to unveil it tomorrow night. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I kind of want to go see that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, that's nice. The old one with 2009 is the last number on there. It was getting a little bit stale. It needed, yeah. a, needed a refresh. In fact, I, if I remember correctly, the old one, like they had to like basically redo the old one because it hadn't been changed in so long that it was kind of like uh, washed out a little bit, like the vinyl had washed out. So they recent, I think like a year or two ago, they basically just reprinted the old one. Um, but, ho- you know, hopefully this one won't, won't need to get washed out or won't be washed out in the near future because we'll have to pr- put another one up mm-hmm. yeah. during the Jay Johnson era. The Jay Johnson slash Mulkey slash BK. Yeah, no no pressure, but two, uh, two of Scott Woodward's hires have got a title in year two. Uh, we're looking at you, BK. Um, maybe what do you think? Jaden Daniels might be the next player on national TV to point to his finger, asking for a ring. Wait, what about how they, how ESPN totally disregarded the fact that Joe started that? I know. Did you notice that? They were like, yeah, there he is. Angel Reese. And I'm like, (laughs) yeah, they mentioned somebody else. And then Angel Reese. I'm like, go back further. It was Joe. Come on. It was Joe. Exactly. He was at the game. The first game against Florida. He was. And I don't know. And I don't think Joe started the whole cigar after the title thing. I know that's been a thing for, you know, at least pro sports in a while, but yeah, I feel like I've seen a picture, you know, we saw one with Dylan Cruz yesterday. I saw one with uh, a couple of players from the lady Tigers basketball team. Alexis Morris did one. Yeah. yeah. So, that, I mean, that's a new thing. That's just, 
It's just swag. Yeah. We win and we win big. True. Um, but yeah, no pressure on Brian Ke- uh, Kelly or anything. Nah, none. <laughs> oh, another wait another note from omaha um we did win we also won the jello shot challenge and i believe it was like total out at sixty thousand jello shots bought yeah 65 that i don't know it's just so ridiculous. It's, it's never going to be broke we, we probably beat the last four years combined i th- i think it's a little like, like sixty five thousand. that's a little ridiculous it's because gordon flew in on the private jet and bought like ten thousand. but even without guy. that there's still like if you took away two like if he did that twice if you took away that we'd still double up Ole miss oh i know like yeah you could take away you know it'd be like give them back thirty thousand jello shots and we still have more, double the amount that they that Ole Miss won with last year yeah um, yeah that'll never be broken and to be honest i don't blame any other fan base for not wanting to break that because that's mm-hmm. that's pretty egregious it is but it's for charity yes. tiger fans are givers that's that's all you can really say about that uh, I mean, if you, if it wouldn't have worked if they were doing the same with Girl Scout cookies, right? So let's just let's just be honest. We we can drink out anybody wherever we go. Um, I'm surprised they didn't run out of shots there, but they they had some like company that was making them for them. So obviously, everyone there probably made way more money than they expected to, and God bless the charities that are going to benefit. Uh, so looking back, is there, you know, for the whole season, I understand if it's probably going to come ever since we were in the regionals, but is there a a favorite game or a favorite moment from the season that, uh, I don't know, that just stands out above the others for you guys? I'll give you mine if you need to think about it. Okay. I don't know. I think for me, just with the as great a game as that Wake Forest and LSU with Skeens going against Louder and just nobody could score. There was great defense all around. I don't know. I think just there's no better way to win a college baseball game than bottom of the ninth home run uh with Tommy Tanks. And he like he we we all know and he knows he can get a home run, but that guy was just beside himself. He didn't even know what to say. they did kind of rush up to him it's like he just crossed the plate and we're all jumping and they want to interview him uh just give a guy a few minutes to breathe but uh just i I can't imagine what that must have felt like to hit that home run but i don't know for me that was like instant sheer joy moment of the season i have a lot of memories from the season that were great um including just taking care of Kentucky uh, at home with no problem. That was nice. Super regional. I was like, these guys have a chance in Omaha. But for me, I'd say it's uh, game three against Wake Forest. That was a good one. One one I'll give was earlier in the season, Not maybe not as impactful in terms of like winning the championship, but one that stands out in my memory was when we went to Ole Miss and it was a Sunday game, the last game, bottom of the ninth, down by – two and Hayden Travinsky comes in with two outs and Jack's a three run walk-off home run yeah. uh, Sunday night to, to sweep Ole Miss at their place. That was a pretty great one and kind of got the ball rolling in the middle of SEC play where it's like, all right, we found our groove. We got people who can play top to bottom. Uh, and that kind of kickstarted Travinsky's run as well, uh, where he was really clutch down the, the stretch for us in terms of his bat. And yeah, against last year's national champion, and they handed off the torch to us, which we ran with the rest of the year. Yeah, I mean, I think I think for me, I kind of already said it. The scheme, the schemes 
pitching against Wake Forest and just watching that duel. I, I love I love a pitcher's duel. I, I you know it's like it's like you said, Daniel. It's like defensive football. It's not something you see every day in the modern game. It's not something that that necessarily like the casual fan enjoys because you know people like home runs. People like to see runs scored. They like to see back and forth. But the tension that you feel when you're invested in a pitcher's duel game mm-hmm. is is just un, unlike really unlike anything else. Like I don't even think a zero to zero football game feels that way as 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 tense because uh, in football like. You know, you just know, especially as as you get closer to the last inning of a of a pitcher's duel, you know that one swing of the bat can can totally alter your entire season. And it um, did with Tommy Tanks. And it did, yeah. No, you're right. But like when you're waiting for that to happen, like every pitch, mm-hmm. you're hanging on every pitch. That you kind of clinch, like you clinch yes. every single time. You're like, oh no. Um the other the other moment, and, I, and this would just be a moment from last night that that I'm just that I just loved seeing the triple from, from Dylan Cruz. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, there was that. And that was, we thought that was going to be his last at bat. You're like, wow, what a way to go out. Yeah. It's on the uh, board, the, uh, the next inning. Um, Yeah. I don't know. There's, there's a lot of Dylan stuff. He had a great catch, which made the sports center top 10. I think it was number one. Uh, Dylan Cruz has come through for us many times. The Pearson catch. Yeah. Yeah. That's that saved us the game and the, save the season in the same game. Uh, crazy. Yeah. Those are the plays. Like when we look back in like 10 years, like it would basically be forgotten, but like in the moment, like it was everything. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah that's that what I'm saying. Be... Like, like those are, those are the ones that like that, like that catch from Pearson, the play from Trey Morgan, um, that, that those are, those are our season. Like that is what saved our seasons. Mm-hmm. It's just, and there was and there was stuff even if I was because I was just sitting here thinking as you were talking about, you know, so and so did this earlier. We were talking about Gavin Tugas and I know we mentioned the 2019 football season. But remember earlier on, we played Texas earlier on in one of those Big 12 SEC. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was like zero, zero. Yeah, it was like zero zero towards I think it was the eighth or ninth. And then Gavin Dugas just quietly hits a three run bomb and we won that one. And it's yeah. just, there's di- different points throughout the season where when we needed something, you know, somebody stepped up. We weren't shut out all season. Definitely lost some games we shouldn't have, but we were never shut out. And guys stepped up when they needed to. How awesome was it when Jordan Thompson, everyone knew his trouble, especially the day before against Florida when there were some errors that led to, you know, Florida scoring a lot of runs. And they're even their coach even admitted that, yeah, you know, we, you know, we, we got to them. We took advantage. They had some errors and we scored runs. Uh, but how cool was it when Jordan Thompson, each time he got up to bat, the crowd, you know, it wasn't LSU or go Tigers. They just chanted his name. Jordan mm-hmm. Thompson. Yeah. I, I don't know if it was that or if it was just, you know, it's, he couldn't be bad forever, but I mean, it was cool to see him get the first run or RBI and then get another one after that and have great defensive play. Um, I hope he feels satisfied, you know, it's all cool for, for people like Jordan Thompson, like Gavin Duga, like Kay Beloso to see their, their dedication to the program really pay off. Like that's what you love to see. Especially as somebody who's, who's watched these guys for years now. And has watched them, you know, watched especially like Beloso and Thompson, watched them struggle. 
and watch them, you know, just, just be part of just not great play on the field. Um, to watch Beloso have the the type of, of postseason that he had, to watch Thompson really lead on the field defensively and then also have some really, really key hits um, throughout the, the regional, super regional in Omaha. Um, it, it's just really, it, it's really good to see. And, and you know, it's like the, uh, I, I forget the movie it comes from, but it's, you know, it's like, it's hard to, it's hard not to be romantic about baseball. Like that's, that's how it is. Right. Because you can bring in the best players in the country, like Paul Skeens and Tommy White, and they can win you games. But yeah, those homegrown Louisiana guys like Veloso and uh, Dugas and Joe Bear, like if you don't have those, there's no glue in the team and you can't take it all the way. You can't win a, win a World Series with only two players. Yeah, uh, And so I think that was another key part where Jay Johnson, he mixed the loyal to the guy loyal to the program glue guys with the 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 transfers and you got to give Paul Maneri a little bit of credit there because he was the one that recruited Dylan Cruz Trey Morgan uh everybody except for really Jordan Thompson everybody except for Skeens and um Skeens and White yeah, and he, he was in the stands. He was probably giving himself a ride, a little smile, thinking like, wonder if I could have brought this one home with the Tigers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe I heard he was contemplating doing that in Miami. I don't know if that's yeah. serious or not, but he supposedly was talking to Miami about that job. Uh, but it was cool to see him in Omaha, actually, because I don't know. I think it's just something about LSU, right? Like Les Miles didn't even want to leave Baton Rouge after he got fired. Uh, eventually he did. He took a job, but like they love Baton Rouge and they love LSU. Uh, Skip Urban, same way. Yeah. I mean, been here forever. Yeah. And, uh, you know, seems like Paul Maneri will be the same. I know Jay Johnson will probably be the same too. Who knows? Maybe Brian Kelly, Kim Mulkey, all of them, they'll all stay there, but uh, it's just a, it's just a great culture. You know, when you never have to pay for a meal or a drink in the town, it makes it a lot easier to stay. And now, and Maneri doesn't have to pay. Skip clearly doesn't have to pay. And now Jay Johnson will not have to pay. So I think that's kind of a perk that that you might not want to give up by going somewhere else. Right. Oh, man. Um, So, yeah. And then now we get to see this new board uh, unveiled uh, tomorrow. so we'll, we'll definitely talk about that next time. And LSU had a couple football uh, signees, but, you know, that's we'll get to that next week. I Today, think it's just the, all about the Tigers in the World Series. It, yes. Everything everything about today and everything about, you know, for the next uh, couple couple days, tomorrow they're going to celebrate. They're going to, you know, we're going to see. They'll they'll put out all the gear. You'll see all the, the – uh, news stories and everything about the championship but be prepared to put a be prepared on. for that email from the lsu sports department asking you to buy your season tickets for next year and to buy yep. your championship gear yep. <laughs> Woodward's gonna be on his grind and we'll probably you know we'll all be buying our gear um but the really you know the, the i think the final the final button we can put on this on on this conversation is with with the end of college baseball season that only means one thing it's football season Mm-hmm. I mean, that's right. We're seven weeks away from first from the from the first college ball being played. Doesn't feel like doesn't feel like it's that close, but seven weeks is not that far away, boys. Mm-hmm. Oh, and we, we were talking about how baseball was going to get us closer. Hopefully, it would get us as close as possible. 
And boy, did they. I mean, they they took it to the College World Series finals all the way to game three. So Tigers did their part. Well, you still have today to celebrate, reminisce. Then tomorrow is the uh, celebration, you know, the party and everything at Alex Box. Um, I don't know if they're going to do a White House visit or what, but uh, that, that usually doesn't happen till way later. But after Wednesday, it's football season. Yeah, no, you're right. right. You're right. I don't know, guys. Any other any other words about this? I, I don't know. I feel like I'm. I just want to go watch some more highlights again. <laughs> yeah, again. not much more. Congratulations to the team for an awesome season, awesome memories, uh, great performance. It satisfies the thirst from the LSU Tiger fans that's been unquenched for a long time for a championship and hopefully we can go back out and win another one next year but until then go tigers and congratulations to us on our third national championship as a podcast yeah so big achievement for us <laughs> it is it is <laughs> uh, i don't know tommy i gotta talk to you about my ring sizes so i does that do i talk to you or daniel <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'll i'll take that i'll i'll, I'll take it or not. okay cool uh yeah i don't know if we did we mention i don't even know if we mentioned with with everything that was going on that dylan Cru- dylan cruz won the golden spikes award for the yeah. year um so congrats to him uh we knew we also knew he won the dick hauser award and as we also mentioned already paul skeens was the college world series most outstanding player hard to argue against it but i feel like we could all you know, make, make our own determination on who really was uh, the most outstanding player because we have... Who really was the mob. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I, I think that'll do it for us here on Talking Tigs. Uh, just a great, great season, um, which ended with a, a great win. And, uh, you know, Tigers go down in history once again. So until next week... I hope everyone has a a safe week. You're able to maybe go see the uh, celebration at Alex Box or watch it on TV. Maybe it's going to be on that SEC network. We'll see. Uh, But um, enjoy it. Soak it up. This is what we've been expecting and can now relish in uh, for the rest of the year. So until next week, everyone stay safe, stay tuned, go Tigers, and we'll talk to you next time on Talking Tigs. Talking Tigs.